impact, income, and influence. It's not every day that a therapist leaves their job to pursue the life of an entrepreneur, but that is exactly what we have for you on today's show. Sarah has been a client of mine and a, is a great friend. Uh, she left her job as a therapist because she didn't feel like she was helping enough people. Um, she then moved into a condo on the beach and now is moving to North Carolina, all while being a life coach and fulfilling her life's destiny. I'm super excited to share with you today's show. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the show today. I am super excited to have my friend Sarah with us. Sarah lives in Florida, but she is actually moving as we speak. Um, Sarah has a really cool coaching story, so I am going to welcome her to the show and let her share it with us. Sarah, welcome. How are you doing today? Hi, Steve. Doing really well. Uh, it's been a little bit busy with moving, but it's been really good. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking a moment to hang out with me. Uh, we're going to talk about your coaching practice, and then we're going to talk about how you get clients and kind of how you're building the business. Um, tell us a little bit about your background, because you have you have like the ultimate coaching background. That is true. Right. So I have been a therapist for over 20 years. And um, I would say even at the age of 13, felt very called to work with people and help people. Um, just real quick, I can tell you at 13, I first learned about homeless people. We'd lived in Alaska before that. So I'd like never been exposed to homeless people. And once I learned about it, I was like, whoa, there is something very seriously wrong that there are people living on the street. And pretty much since then, it was like my mission to help people and um, bring a little bit of hope to people's lives that were suffering and have been doing that ever since. Nice. We'll come. So you grew up in Alaska and you came down to the States. Where'd you move to in the States? Uh, well, I started out actually in New York and then we moved to Pennsylvania. New York City? City? Yep, Manhattan. I was almost born on the street. <laughs> so you got like right to the heart of homeless people. Right to the heart as when I was born, right? So I was not consciously aware what was going on at the time. But yes, my okay. mom would walk to the hospital as I was being born. And then we moved to Pennsylvania and then to Alaska and then down to Gainesville, Florida. That That is a trip. So... I'm just imagining like the first time you saw a homeless person and like how you reacted to that at 13, like. Horrified. I was horrified. That's good. I mean, yeah. I could see you if you were really naive, just being like, why does that person smell, look bad? Why are they pushing a shopping cart around something? I would have asked something like that at like eight because I didn't yeah. know any better, right? So talk to us. I know you, you went into therapy. You were a full-time therapist and then you actually ran a whole like floor center treatment center yeah so now i'm in south florida and that's where we my family has been for quite some time and south florida is super known for addiction and mental health rehab and so when i got into social work initially my mom let me know i would never make i'll just go ahead and say she told me for sure i would never make more than fifty thousand. and so i have carried that as I'm learning more and more now, as I go through my own coaching, I've carried that belief um, and went through it very content, not making a lot of money up until about 10 years ago. And I was like, I am working my ass off and I should be making a lot more money, literally changing people's lives. So I started asking around and figuring out how could I actually be making good money and friend of a friend of a friend led me into treatment. And I started making really good money uh, and worked my way up from therapist to uh, supervisor to clinical director over the whole treatment facility for the clinical program, supervising about 20 therapists. So did you feel like you were making a difference? Oh, I was being told on a regular basis that I was literally changing people's lives. But how did you feel inside? Well, I mean, initially in my work, I felt really good about it. Um, it. Well, this is okay. So I felt really good about it. It was very rewarding. And yet it was like never enough. So it would feel rewarding and it would feel good. And yet just my insides were like, but it's never enough. Like I need to like keep giving and give and give and give. And then over the years, um, 
I was at that treatment center for about six years. And by the end of my time there, I started to shut down. I really like just in general, I, I call it, I hit a wall and felt like I'd given everything that I could. It was like, whoa, I am like hitting a wall and I'm going into this like miserable spiral. And I am, I can't keep going like this. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about like what that looked like. I mean, I know it's, you can laugh about it now, but at the time, like you had worked your, your way up. Your mom told you you wouldn't make more than 50K. You were probably making mid six figures, yep. doing very well. Like you, you had the accolades, you were, you were doing all the things and yet you hit this wall and like, what did that look like in your life? Um, I mean, I would say it, it spread rapidly uh, as I talk about how I talk about it in my content of the secretly measurable, where on the inside you're dying and on the outside, it looks like everything is fine. So for me, that was like a big deal. Like presenting to the world as if I had it all together because that's what I learned growing up to present like we have it all together. And in some ways I did, right? I had the great job. I was making really good money. I have an amazing family. I had a, still have an amazing network of friends, a beautiful home. And so it was very confusing that I had all of the quote unquote right things. And yet at night alone in my bed, I would be like, I feel so alone and empty. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I mean, that's yes, not a good place to be. So, <laughs> it's a hard thing. so tell me about like, when was the moment that you decided, screw it, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I'm going to do my own thing. Cause you, you, I mean, you didn't take like, you didn't take a step. You, you like jumped off a building. <laughs> Yeah, I like to think I went, uh, I actually did this physically. I went um, skydiving a couple years ago. And that, that, I, that's how I think about it, right? I jumped out of an airplane. And I got to a point where it just became an undeniable reality. Like, I just literally can't keep going like this. And I got that idea into my head. I cannot keep living like this. You say that to yourself enough times, the reality is going to happen. Uh, there were several pivotal moments, but the one I usually reference, I had had this terrible weekend at work. I worked all weekend remotely. I myself was in a personal growth class, doing all kinds of great uncovering of my own stuff and letting go of lots of shame. At the same time, leaving, like throughout the whole time, leaving, getting on the phone, we had um, an ambulance come out. We had two ambulances come out, two people overdosed at the treatment center. And so I'm on the phone, triaging, managing all of it, directing the staff. The fire alarm got pulled, so the fire truck came out. And then we also had the police come because someone was threatening one of the staff members' life. So organizing all of that, I get to the end of Monday in my conversations with the owner at that time. And his main message that I was hearing to me was I had not done good enough managing the weekend and i laid down at the end of the yoga class right there's like a two minute rest period and i just like went into uh uncontrollable sobbing and just this huge release of like i am good enough and i just like saved literally saved people's lives who had overdosed and kept everyone safe at this treatment center and no one gets to treat me like that. Nice. So I went in the next morning. I was like, there's a new plan for me. Here's my resignation. <laughs> awesome. Did they, uh, did they keep you around for a couple of weeks or were you just like out the door? Uh, it was a week. I actually got really sick, right? There's way more than I can share about the story. But I basically got really sick and lost my voice which for me was like a personal confirmation of like, this was the right decision because now I can't even go back on it to talk about it. Yeah, I need out, and yeah. It's time, right? And uh, then they let me go. I gave two months notice, but they were like, nope, we're good, you can go. And so from there- That started a whole big journey, right? Where I was like, okay, what other shit have I been putting off that needs to get done? And I made a list of all the things that I kept putting off, kept putting off, kept putting off, waiting for the right time. 
and a series of things. I mean, so many things, but the highlights are I went through my entire house and got rid of stuff that I've been holding on to for years and years that I've never touched in 10 years. Sold all my things, sold my house, and uh, moved to a little cozy studio over by, by the beach. Nice. And then now you're moving to... And now I'm moving to North Carolina, Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. And yeah, just really one day at a time doing the next right thing for myself. And I knew when I left the treatment center that I wanted to be able to do the same kind of work, helping people essentially save their own life um, and get free of the baggage and the weight that they're carrying around with them that literally keep you stuck in the same place and unable to get free and take like the next big step that everybody wants to take. I mean, when I started making these big steps, people were coming out of the woodwork. I started posting it on Facebook and people that I hadn't talked to in 10, 15, 20 years were coming out of the woodwork and calling me and saying, oh my gosh, I can so relate to your story. I'm miserable. I want to get out. Help me get out. So I knew that my my next journey would be working remotely where I could provide the same kind of services, but on my own terms, which is how we met. That is how we met. Um, and that is a pretty awesome, I mean, that's, I mean, being a coach, helping people unlock themselves and get out of their own way. Like that is such, you're, you're serving people. You're changing people's lives, you're, but you're doing it on your terms instead of having to be at a treatment facility. You don't have to deal with any healthcare stuff. You don't have to deal with insurance. Like, you don't have to deal with any of that stuff, which is pretty it, awesome. It um, is awesome. So that brings us to like your coaching practice, right? You yep. have, so I think it's pretty awesome. You have a little team of people. Um, so, I mean, people listening to this, some, a lot of people think that they have to do everything themselves. And one of the things that impressed me most, uh, when I met you was even though you didn't have like this big multi-million dollar business, you already have a team in place. Like, yeah, I learned that really early on. So I did a coaching program, uh, before you and I met and the coach there really insisted the way she had been trained was to do everything on your own. And as soon as I got into it, like I have to now learn tech. I want to work remote because I want to be free to live wherever I want to. So I'm learning all of this tech stuff. And now all of a sudden as a social worker, I'm learning all of these business things, sales, marketing. And I'm like, uh, no, this strategy of like doing it all on your own is literally the strategy that I was taught as a child that I am now leaving behind me. And fortunately at my job, um, when I was the director, I learned really solidly that I needed a team in order to function at my best. And I had an amazing team of people working under me. And so just sort of the way it worked out is I knew I was going to have to have a team. And uh, the person that was actually my right hand at the treatment center ended up leaving shortly after with like a lot of other people. Um, but he and I have joined forces. And uh, it's amazing because I can't imagine working with anyone else because I already know him and trust him. We went through very difficult times together at the treatment center. So it's been a really great fit for two therapists to be able to transition to remote coaches. So talk to me a little bit about, talk to me a little bit more about that. I mean, like, I know a lot of people listening to this will be like, I, I don't have money for a team. I don't know where to start with that. But the biggest thing holding them back, like I talk to people every day. And the biggest thing holding them back is I don't know how to build a website. I don't know how to do the technical stuff. I don't know how to do, and I mean, my answer to that is you don't really need any of it. People get really caught up on what does my graphic look like? What does my logo look like? What does my website look like? Like you don't need, one of the first things you came to me with was I helped me with my website. I said, you don't really need it. Like right, right. now you can do everything you need through Facebook, Instagram. So yeah, talk to me a little bit about, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to go ahead. No, it's okay. Just that there are lots of free resources to get started, right? We're always telling ourselves there's something more we need to be doing before we can actually do the thing that we really want to be doing. So naturally, uh, I've perfected that. So now I'm working against it, right? To rewire for the second half of my life to not do it that way. 
And in my life, one of the things that my mother is amazing at is connecting with people. We've lived all over. She's a pastor's wife and she's an amazing connector. And so I've learned that from both of my parents, but especially my mom. And they taught me really well to connect and how to have relationships with people. So as soon as I freed myself up from all of sort of what I refer to as the bullshit that was hanging on me uh, between the treatment center and my stuff and just all these beliefs about how I had to have it all together and have it all figured out and I couldn't ask for help, that I was able to clearly see, right? We talk about it like the veil comes off of your eyes and I look around and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have like hundreds of people that love me. And including in those people are people, dear friends of mine, who actually know exactly how to do a website, who know exactly how to do graphics and Canva and uh, graphic design. All of these folks that can help me and already love me to be able to help me get started. Awesome. I mean, that's, that is, you can always find what you need around you. I mean, something that I tell people, like I've seen, I don't know, there was one girl that I worked with that she was spending, she spent $7,000 on a brand strategist who literally went on and did a logo for her in three different, in like a wide, a narrow and a square and gave her like a 15 word statement that she could use. And I was like, you paid a lot of money. Like people are so worried. This is what it comes down to. People are worried that they're going to be judged and that they're not good enough. I mean, that's, we've had that conversation a couple times and that's i think it's an innate thing that we have to overcome at some point in our life but i think everyone lays in bed at night and sometimes thinks that they're not good enough i mean jeff bezos i'm sure thinks that once in a while um i'm sure he he has moments you know i agree that i think most of us do I mean, I, at some point I just came to the conclusion in the last few years, like, man, if I, as a person who I would say have had a lot of opportunities afforded to me, came uh, born into a wonderful family, have all these friends doing all the right things, helping people, good person, like, and I feel not good enough, kind of think most people on the planet struggle with that. And certainly in my work and the people that have been drawn to my work absolutely have that struggle. Shame. I mean, really, as like a professional therapist, in my mind, I feel like I really just became educated about shame, which I equate with being not good enough, at the, three years ago at the age of 40. In 20 years of work as a professional therapist, like I feel like I really just became aware and friends with shame. So yes, I would say it's rampant. So let me ask you this, like, it, in all your time as a therapist, how many people did you work with that you would say they're one of their main challenges at the core of it was shame, not feeling good enough, not feeling qualified, which causes all the, the other problems, right? All the anxiety, the drug addiction, the alcohol, whatever it is, right? Like, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I now, in my work now, and this, I mean, I literally, I feel like I've been studying shame for the last three years. Um, and great people like Renee Brown who've gone before me and done that and helped me learn about it. I would say everything comes back to fear and shame. Anybody's struggle of like, I can't do this next thing or I'm stuck or I don't deserve that or, oh, I'm never gonna have a good relationship or I'm never gonna feel loved. Like all of that at the end of the day comes back to fear and shame. So if somebody listening to this is like, I resonate with that, what's one, two, three things that they can do quick, easy, daily stuff to help them get over it? Because I feel like you're so, probably very qualified. <laughs> yes. And, and I would say, so I give you a couple of things. And then I would also just say it's a lifelong practice. I've come to like that realization, like I never actually get to be perfect it's always a practice. And so it's like a set of habits and systems that I've integrated into my own life to know that fear and shame are going to happen, but it's about having a system in place to be able to manage it. So a couple of the just easy things that I do with clients is really developing an awareness. Awareness is, I don't know, I used to say awareness is 80% of the, of the work. I don't know if I still think that, but uh, just becoming aware of your thoughts. 
So writing them down throughout the day. Anytime where you start to feel stuck or unsure, or you're being filled with doubt, uncertainty, anxiety, writing it down and getting really clear about what the thoughts are that are coming up that are causing those feelings. Literally every client that I've done that with, they're like, oh yeah, there it is. How did I not see that before? It's because most of us are so busy and inundated with all of the things that we feel like we have to do. Most people don't actually stop to pay attention to their thoughts and really look at them. The other really big thing I would say I've done is I have identified a handful of really important thoughts that my brain did not spend time thinking about or meditating on. And I read them two or three times every day because I've got, well, like, so one of them uh, that a dear wise man I met not that long ago gave to me is I am the most important person in my world. So like when people hear that, first off, it's like, oh, no, I'm not okay with that, right? It's a strangely offensive statement to a lot of people. However, when you break the statement down, it's literally like the same thing we talk about with self-love, self-care, right? Those are like buzzwords I feel like now we can't really use anymore. They don't mean anything. So the statement, I am the most important person in my world, is a recognition of the face mask. It's like, the, the mask that drops out of the airplane, putting your own oxygen mask on first in order for you to be any good to anyone. You can't really use that anymore because that's like overused as well. So when I heard that statement, I am the most important person in my world. I mean, that just sounds powerful as I say it out loud to myself. Do you feel it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a lot of people, I think that people would feel uncomfortable because it's, I agree with you. But I can see, I agree with you, and I can see so many people being like, that's narcissistic, that's self-centered. But in today's, what I think is really interesting about that statement is that to be an integrated person, you have to take care of yourself first. But there are so many people out there in the world that act out to make themselves first, and it's like covert. So they, they become passive aggressive. They be, that's where the narcissism comes from because they're not feeling fulfilled. So they act out in, in underhanded ways to get that need met. I think well, they, yes, uh, exactly. And we're taught, mom's just gonna say, I feel like most people uh, are taught, I was definitely taught, like to care about others first. Now, was that actually taught to me? That's, it doesn't almost matter, right? That's what my brain learned was to give, 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 give. And even if you get tired, give a little bit more. Yep. So I there's that, nothing in that that says I can take care of me. I mean, I think that that comes from, I, I learned that in Christianity, whether they meant to teach it. I don't think they meant it in an unhealthy way. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? I mean, right. I, I remember from a very young age, like, uh, like exactly what you said, always give to others, always put others above yourself. And when, when you think you've given all that you can, find something else that you can give. Like give, 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 give. Right, give the part off your back. Nothing wrong with, with giving to other people, but you have to take care of yourself first. If you are not at a healthy place, if you, if you give so much that you are you know, poor, homeless, empty inside to the point that you're thinking about committing suicide or feeling all this pressure of the world and you're depressed, what good are you to anybody? Exactly. Nothing. And I don't think God would ever tell you, I don't think Jesus would ever tell you to do that. Like that's a whole different discussion, but it's interesting that that's what we learned when we were young. Um, so, okay. You said two things. You said, first you want to write down, when negative statements come up and you feel shame, two was that you want to put yourself first. Do you have any other statements? And did you come up with that statement or was that statement given to you? That statement was actually given to me. Um, let me think the shortest version of that story. I go for a walk every morning at the beach. And so all of my content and my message is all about love and hope and getting liberated. Uh, and ultimately being really clear about your purpose here on the planet. When we're unsure of who we are and what we're here for, 
all kinds of confusion happens and we get stuck and we're ultimately unhappy in some form or another, which I feel like when you look around the world, it feels like a lot of people are unclear with who they are and what they're doing and kind of unhappy. So when I go on my walks, I will do these times of intentional smiling and it attracts a lot of attention. And I started that probably, I don't know how long we've been doing this COVID thing, six months, but I had this sensation, like I wanna be able to help when there's all of this like pandemonium going on, what small thing could I do when I go out on my walks? So I started doing this intentional smiling and it attracts all kinds of people to me and I just stop and now have conversations regularly. But one of them was an 87 year old man and he just glows with energy. And I've ended up having lots of really great conversations where I call him my sage. And he's just full of great wisdom and advice. He's an entrepreneur. He's done all kinds of really cool things over the last 50 years. And he saw something in me and was like, I want to help you. And so one of the many things that he's given to me is that statement. And he's obviously like helped me understand at the level that I need to feel that statement. It's not about like you need to, you know, go to the massage and go to get your hair done. It's like, at the deeper levels of you really knowing that you truly are incredibly important. And at like such a deep level, right? It's hard to like talk about it in such a short period of time. But yeah, does so I got that. I just picture him with like a long flowing beard and like wearing like white robes and like, does he have a staff? That is exactly how I picture him in my mind. However, it is not. He does have white hair and he does have like a little beard and a little hunch over. And it's just like the most precious thing. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so those are two, that's two things. What's the third? Do you have, do you have um, So the other really big thing that happened for me that became really clear is I talked a lot about being miserable. And so a lot of my content like highlights being secretly miserable and people feeling empty. And so in my own journey, I talked a lot about, man, I am like feeling miserable, but only with my closest people. It's not something I talked about openly. But I found that I was repeating it so much that when a dear friend came in alongside me and very powerfully spoke to me and said, as only a few people in my life are willing to really do to speak directly to me, said, Sarah, you can't keep talking about being miserable. You need to have a clear vision about where it is you actually want to go. And that really stopped me. And as he asked me, like, where is it you want to be in the future? I didn't have a clear answer for him. So that's the other really significant work that I do with people is I challenge them to go deep, deep, deep. Like we're not talking about, oh, I want a nice car, I want lots of money. No, no, no. Like some real shit about let's really outline what you really want your life to look like a year from now, five years from now, et cetera, so that you can literally see it in your mind. Almost feel it, like it's literally about to happen. So I'd say that's my other really big tip. That is, I mean, I feel like that, I mean, that is a great thing. I think that there's been a lot of lip service given to it, but the, the thing is that we believe our own stories. If you walk around and you tell yourself X, Y, Z, whatever X, Y, Z is, you are going to believe it after you say it enough times because you are mentally buying into it every time you say it. And I'm not saying that, I, like I've had this discussion with, with clients on my own and I'm like, you don't need to lie. Find something that you can find proof of in your life and just start to talk and build a story around that. Like you can tell yourself the story. I mean, this we were talking about, uh, you can talk about anything. Something happens, right? And you can, you can take the story and you can put a negative twist to it or a positive. I feel like I, I need a much better explanation around that. I mean, you could have taken, you could have taken the story of when you came into work after saving everybody's life, you could have listened to your boss and taken the story of, I didn't do good enough. Negative, negative, negative. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Instead, you said, nope, that's not what I'm doing. I know that I saved those people's lives. I know that I did a good job. And I am seeing this as my cue to exit stage left and start living the rest of my life. That's the story. And whether like, I, I think, uh, I think it was Henry Ford, like whether you do something, no, I'm totally screwing that quote up. Uh, 
<laughs> Whether you can or can't, the answer is up to you, right? So whatever the story is, if you tell yourself that story enough times, it will become yes. true. And I've literally watched it happen with uh, multiple friends that I've been in contact with in the last couple of years and several clients where as soon as they get some visual of what they want to have happening, almost immediately you start to see results from it. Like I said, it's got to be like at that deeper level. It's not just like, oh, I want a bunch of money. It's like, no, how much exactly do you want? And then visioning how exactly might you go about getting it? And when do you want it by? And what is it going to do for you? Exactly. Because yes. I mean, just having money, I mean, everybody says they want money, but I mean, you can have a pile of paper sitting in the corner. If it doesn't do anything for you, like you have to attach it to something, right? The value, um, right. That's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> but so I want to, I want to kind of wrap up this section of the podcast because we talked about your business. We talked about what you do. We talked about the kind of results that you get for people. Um, Next, I want to talk a little bit about your business, because I think if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I do something similar or I want to do something similar, I mean, there's, there is an abundance of people out there who need work like this. So I want to talk a little bit about how you're building your business. What are you doing to get clients? Tell me a little bit about what's working, what's not working. Let's talk about that part of it. Okay. Um, so... A year and a half ago, when I left my job, I just started posting on Facebook. And I got like a very clear vision that that was what I was feeling like was my now work uh, to share my story and give other people hope. Like you can have this background and or this whole thing of shame that follows you for a lot of years and you can make a radical change. So I just started posting my story about all these things that I was doing, all of the ahas that I was having on Facebook every day and started growing an audience of people, lots of people who already knew me, and then lots of people that didn't know me that I would get connected to either from friends sharing me on Facebook or other groups that I was a part of that have similar missions. And that is really the main way that I've grown my business. I mean, I've read a ton of things, researched a bunch of things. I'm an avid learner, so I'm always taking in content obsessively at times. Uh, to learn all of these new things. I feel like I'm getting like a new degree in business, marketing, sales, um, and hiring great people to be able to help me navigate. People who've already figured it out that I can learn from them to navigate through the process. So there was a whole lot in that statement. Let's start with just posting on Facebook because I think a lot of people, when they're first getting started, they're like, I can't post on Facebook. Like I, either they lack the internal courage of like, what do I say? What do I, what do I talk about? Or people are going to judge me. First off, did anyone come out and tell you that you were wrong? You were stupid? Did anyone judge you? Cause I'm sure you had those fears. Like, do you remember the first post? Do you remember the first post that you made where you kind of talked about it? I made so many posts. I asked lots of questions. The main post that I remember that stands out to me is I made a video. Uh, so I, when I sold my house, I started like house sitting and house hopping and just visiting friends and um, ending up in really cool places. So one of them was um, at a beach five hours from here, house sitting at a condo right on the beach. And I made a video talking about my journey and where I was at and capturing like the essence of why I had left my life, that's how I refer to it. And that it had gotten so bad that I had left my book club and that I, that I was aware. Hang on, you left, you left so your book club. <laughs> that I didn't have time to read. And I literally left my book club. Like, and people, that, so one of the things, right, that you and I have worked on is really giving those very specific moments. And that was in my heart when I left my job. Like, people need to understand these very specific moments. Like, it got so bad in my own head, in my own thinking that I literally did not have time for my book club. So did you, before you posted that, I know the very first post that I did about business, I like wrote it, I put it, I think I wrote it in Facebook and I deleted it. And then I wrote it again in like Word, cause I can't spell anything. And I was like, I wanna make sure it's all right. 
and it took me days before I hit enter because I was so scared people were going to judge me. People were going to laugh at me. People were going to say, you're not qualified. You don't have what you need. So when you did this, like, did you just, you did, was it a Facebook live? Uh, no, I could okay. not get myself to do the Facebook live, right? All the things that you're talking about. And so for myself, I had to give myself permission. Like, it's okay. You can't get on live. Like you're just getting started. No worries. What can you do? So I'm like, okay, I can make a video. Even doing the videos, I probably did, I don't even know how many versions of that video. Although I will say when I gave myself permission to do a video and post a video instead of do it live, the material comes much faster. That's so that that did make a big difference. I mean, I know like I've in my coaching, like I've helped several I've helped probably a couple hundred people like do Facebook lives. It's one of the things that I started with teaching because I'm so good on stage and speaking. And this one lady was like, I'm, I hate, she was sending me hate text. She's like, I hate you. I'm just staring at my computer. It's all set. I've written the post. I just can't press the button. I said, you can't go to bed until you press the button and you do your live. And she finally did it. And she ended up like, I don't know if she got any clients from that first one, but none of the bad things. I always have clients write out what's the bad things that you think are going to happen and then cross them out and write something good that can happen because it's, it's telling yourself that story, right? Yeah. Uh, and it, it's, it has changed lives. I mean, there was one guy I worked with that's a health coach and similar story. He, he like fought it. He was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Then he did his live. His first live, because his story is so powerful, he had a heart attack, um, he was overweight, and then he, he went all vegan, lost all the weight, um, got great cholesterol. His first live, very first live, was 12 minutes, has more than 10,000 views and like 450 shares. Like, but it works. I mean, exactly what you're saying. Like, you just have to give yourself the permission to push the button. And you know what? I'm not going to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Um, yeah. And I would say I put like a ton of pressure on myself, you know, even in our work together, like as you're teaching me like format and the best format to be able to use to get on and do a video that's the most effective in my learning of it. It's like, okay, I'm not going to do this perfect. And days where I am like, okay, what's the most important thing here? Is it to do it to the letter of the format or to do the live? So some days I don't do the format because I know it's more important to actually just get on the live and be with the people. So it's definitely, that's been a learning curve for myself as well to like let go of doing it perfect or following it like exactly and just putting myself out there. Done, done beats perfect every time because it's for momentum. Yes. I mean, so many, I, I feel like the biggest conversations that I have with like people that are just getting started is like they're overwhelmed. So they don't do anything. You said something earlier that, I mean, it, it hits it perfectly. It's like, we always have something that we feel like we need to do before we can actually do the thing. And we end up filling up that list of, oh my goodness, I got to have a studio. I got to have lighting. I got to have, nope, you don't need any of that. Like just start. Um, I have a whole training that I did for free that, I'm somewhere on my website, but it's all about like just that right there. Like just, cause if you start one foot, then the next foot, then the next foot, before you know it, you have some momentum going. So let's talk a little bit. Um, I think there are two things that I want to talk about. The first one I've been working with you. I mean, you, you said that I wasn't sure if you wanted to bring that up. That's totally up to you. Yeah. Um, what was like when you came to work with me, the thing that you wanted most was you wanted more paying clients. You wanted more quality leads. What is the biggest thing that I've been able to help you with and how is that affected in your business? Oh man, that would be hard. Let me, I don't know about narrowing it down to one thing, but I can say in our very first phone call it was literally 30 minutes and it was um, more of just a connection call. Right. And so we shared a little bit about our stories and where we were at. And I would say, our time of talking about coaching was maybe 20 minutes, 15 minutes. I don't remember exactly, but I, what I remember thinking is I have just gotten the most helpful information in all of the coaching that I have gotten so far. 
how is this even possible? And like one of the very simple tips about questions to post on Facebook to get yes or no, and we had talked about something related to posts, would you move to the uh, cozy studio by the beach? I got like a hundred comments by the end of the day. So just, I mean, your, the way your brain works for me at least is very relatable, which helps me personally. And you have a thousand ideas. So there will be times where even though my brain can produce a thousand ideas for you, my brain has a hard time producing a thousand ideas that are really good for me. So when you and I are connecting on it, it's like, oh, this is a really good idea. And you help me get more grounded, more focused. You have several tips because you can relate to some of the ways that I think as far as having so many ideas uh, to keep me on track with only following a few ideas and a system to be able to manage all of those ideas so that I don't feel like I'm not able to remember them or use them. Um, and then really a lot of your coaching, I would say the other really powerful thing has been your coaching on how to actually, what words to use, like putting together words and sentences to be able to use in my conversations with clients and potential clients. I like have a sense of how to do it, right? I've been doing therapy and assessments for 20 years and I make friends everywhere I go. However, when it comes to like the money now being joined with my giving value, that's like where my own work, my own coaching work, my own personal work has to happen, which is really ultimately the thing I hire you for is to help me work through that stuff that I get tripped up on where it's like, I know I have these skills already in me, but yet somehow when I get on the phone and I'm having a conversation, they don't happen. So when you and I talk, I literally take, we record the call, I take notes, I go back, I listen to it again, and then I get on, I do my call with what we've talked about. And I would say that's probably the most powerful information I've gotten, the most help that I've gotten. I mean... That's, that is awesome. That's, I love seeing those breakthroughs because I feel like so many people like we have kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier. We, we, we have a hard time. We have a hard time asking people to pay us for what we do. And usually it's buried somewhere in our value system growing up that, you know, oh my goodness, is this like, we, we push all of our, like our, mental image of why they shouldn't be able to pay us onto them. Um, and then it stops us from ever asking for money or ever getting paid. And one of the biggest lessons that I teach people is you have to charge enough where you can make a solid living and feel fulfilled without having a gazillion clients. And you've got to charge enough that the client has to feel a little bit uncomfortable paying you because that means that they will show up and do the work. Um, that those are like the two tenants that I work on people with. And for each business, it's kind of different, but it's, I'm really glad, like you're starting to see some breakthroughs. You're starting to see some people give you money. I know the thing that stuck out to me on our first conversation was you were helping another coach doing a lot of her calls for her, doing a lot of like the background work and you felt valuable. You were feeling a lot of value from doing that, but you were making zero income. Or very, like in my own business in my own yeah right and I what I what I said to you what I because that's there are, there are a few people I've worked with who have come something like that right because we think well we'll model somebody else we'll help them and we'll learn which there's nothing wrong with that but at that point you were you were like taking a huge chunk of her business and like helping her with it and not like not growing your own business. And one of the things that I said to you on that call was make sure to focus on yourself and grow your own business. Because if you're not making money and you're not feeling fulfilled, you're eventually going to throw in the tap. You're going to say, this isn't for me. It doesn't work. I'm out. And like, you're never going to get to change people's lives. Um, yeah. I would say that experience was incredibly helpful for my own mindset to get really clear, right? So I'm doubting my value. If I'm not making money, I'm doubting my value. And so then my brain, I said to my, to my brain, uh, we need to make some money and I wanna make money right now. I'd set like a deadline for myself. 
uh, of when I need to start making money. And so I said to myself, how can I start making money right now? My brain came up with a great idea immediately to work for this coach that I've been working with. I pitched it to her and she was like, that's a fantastic idea. So it was a lot of opportunities throughout my time in working with her, which was short, um, but had lots of great experience of helping to run challenges and doing mindset work and doing large group calls on the Zoom. Um, but I was able to prove to myself with lots of solid evidence that I can do the work and it is valuable. Awesome. I mean, that's, that is a very good point. I'm not, I mean, not in any way saying that you shouldn't model people or work for somebody, but you shouldn't get caught up in the place of, oh, I need to do this and then I need to do this and then I need to do this instead of just getting out and doing it yourself. Oh, yeah. And I would say for sure, I had the awareness and definitely by the time you and I were talking that, yes, this is like a, this is a, partly, this is a way to make money right now, which was good because I needed to see I could do that. And it is partially hiding out and keeping myself small, which is shame at the end of the day. So that, that work is continuous. Um, and I talk really openly in my content and in my work with clients. One of the things that was hard for me in therapy is it was very one-sided. And so um, people would come in and I would know all of these things about them and they would know so little about me, which goes against my, my deeper belief of relationship. Like the change happens in relationship and connection with each other. So really being able to do that now as a coach where I'm able to openly talk about my own shame and my own experience and my own breakthroughs as a way to be able to connect with other people. So one of my favorite statements is, um, as I become liberated, other people are able to become liberated. But liberation is a two-way street. Nice. I like that. That's pretty yeah. strong. Um, trying to think if there's anything else like in there that we should we should touch on. I mean, you your journey is you're like growing in your journey, and it's so awesome to watch you. Even like from the time we started talking, which was January or February, till now. Like the amount of change has been huge. What, uh, what's the future hold? Like, what do you think, where do you want to be? Cause you were talking earlier about like, your, like have a clear vision. Where do you want to be months a year from now? Yeah. Well, you're asking me at a very unique, uh, moment because I would say the vision that I've had laid out for myself over these past few years, um, moving to Asheville, a lot of those uh, details of my vision will be unfolding. So it'll be like back to the vision board for myself um, to get more clear with where I'm headed. But big picture right now in my business, it's about getting a solid income, being able to bring in the clients that I most want to be working with. Still working on that detail and uh, easily producing content. A lot of the, I would say a lot of the nuts and bolts of the business right now in the future, 10 years from now, will be running perfectly smooth. And uh, not even in 10 years, that's like way too far ahead. But really by next year, I feel really good. That will all be working very smoothly, clients coming in. And I would say like the excitement that I have about getting my head straight to be able to make really good money with just a handful of clients who are really serious about getting out of the miserable and getting liberated and living free is that with this thing, social media, right? We're able to, I'm able to help hundreds of people, but only have like a handful of clients that get most of my attention, which I just think is like, it's still, I still am wrapping my head around how that is even possible, but such a great dream to be able to do that and do it from a beautiful home somewhere in the mountains, um, where I'm setting my own schedule, doing my own thing and enjoying life, reading and I don't know what else is actually ahead in that area, but that feels really amazing to be able to have that happening. That's awesome. I mean, that's, that is something, I mean, I, I tell everybody that it is way better to have five clients paying you a couple thousand dollars than a, a whole bunch of low ticket clients, but you can help. I mean, through either a Facebook group, a Facebook page, your Facebook profile, Instagram, any of that, you can help people. You can put a lot of content out that helps people. And the people that really resonate with you, like they rise to the top and they will be willing to pay for the transformation. 
there's so many fake people out there that are like, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, right? Instead, you're saying, look at my stuff. If it resonates with you and you want to talk to me some more, let's see how that goes and see what that would look like. I mean, that's what I do as well. Like I give out a whole bunch of free content and people rise to the top. Um, there was an essay written, if you haven't read it, I definitely recommend it. It's called A Thousand True Fans. Um, I don't even think it's a thousand true fans. I think you need a hundred people. If you have a hundred people that you really resonate with and that you can get change for, which I guarantee there's something that you do in your life, if you're listening to this, you do that you can get a result for somebody. If you can do that, you can find people who are willing to pay you to help them with that. That is all it is. When somebody, I mean, we've had this discussion. When somebody, so many people have a hard time asking for money, right? The secret is when somebody is willing to give you an amount of money, whatever that amount of money is for what you are selling, it's because they value the transformation that you are offering them more than they value the money. That's it. So if you're offering a solid transformation to somebody, they will pay you. The people will come. Um, I, I encourage you to get your voice out there, to spread your message, even if it's messy at first, right? I mean, make those first couple posts. Nobody is going to die. Nobody's going to get angry at you. Nobody's going to say anything negative. I've, in all my time of doing this, everybody that I've had like start posting on social media, no one has ne had negative people come out of the woodwork and say, you're stupid, you're silly, don't say those things. No one. So... Sarah, thank you so much for being on the podcast. If people want to find you, Facebook, is that where you want them to go? Facebook is the best place. Yep. Just under my name or Liberated Badass is the group. And then I'm also on Instagram and YouTube, Liberated Badass. Awesome. And how do you, so people can spell your last name? Yep. K-O-S as in Sarah, T as in Tom, R-U-B as in boy. All right. Sarah, thanks for being on. Again, that's Liberated Badass. You guys, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. Are you looking for a way to produce powerful content that creates quality leads and can scale your business from 3K to 10K and beyond? If so, head over to storiesthatscale.com and pick up your free templates today. These free templates will show you the five core stories that will help your business scale that you can tell across social media, email, and YouTube. Anywhere you need content, these templates will help you out, and they're free at storiesthatscale.com. Or if you know you want my help building out your content and monetization strategy, head over to steven.coffee and book my time today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. I'll see you soon. Thank <laughs> you.